皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Olympics fans and lovers of Shuklistan, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Alison Brown. Alison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. What a day. Oh, my goodness. We have so much to talk about.、Uh, but before we get to today's action, we'd like to tell you quickly about our Kickstarter campaign. We have media accreditations to cover the Winter Olympics in Beijing, which getting those was a huge surprise for us. But the, those games are less than 200 days away, and they are going to cost some money for us to get there. And we have a pretty tight budget, so we need some help and support to get, finish out the funding. So, We have a Kickstarter campaign. You can find it at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod.、Uh, help us bring you better coverage for Beijing and unique coverage that you can only get from having an on the ground presence. We have some great su-、uh, supporter bonuses like postcards coming to you from Beijing, or you know, your pet could be our mascot for the week. Much more. Check it out. Kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. And a big thank you to all the supporters who jumped in right away on day one of our campaign.、Uh, we've gotten off to a great start and、uh, we really appreciate your support. We can't support, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Allison. Okay, take a breath. It's been uh, uh, 24 hours. <laughs> oh、I'm... my goodness. Whoa, what a day. We'll、um, go in order. Okay, well, Fantasy League update. How is our league doing? Sholastan is killing it at the top of the rankings, like 100 points ahead of second place right now.、Uh, Colibri is still in second, and、uh, Pieskola、uh, climbed above me to now take third, but we're close. So I'm gunning for you. I'm pretty sure this is Patrick from Green Bay. So I'm gunning for you, Patrick. Watch out. Weather the tropical storm came through. So that meant that rowing got rescheduled, archery started late, and、um, the triathlon course was really, really wet.、Uh, sailing was quite windy, and surfing was <laughs> the wave conditions were so choice, I would say, that they moved the finals up so that they would have bigger waves for the finals. So we got more surfing in today than we thought we would. Allison, where is Marnie McBean today? Okay, well, Marnie McBean, as far as I, as far as has been posted of where she has been, she has been at swimming, softball, basketball, weightlifting, judo, doing an interview in a supply closet and in the car with her volunteer driver, Nomoro. Wow, she has gotten around. She was also on Zoom because I saw her there <laughs> doing a Maybe that was when she was in the supply closet.、Oh, okay, doing a media call.、Uh, you know, yesterday was the 25th anniversary of her. Gold medal at Atlanta 1996. And she did watch the softball finals. Oh, nice. Bringing back a feature from our coverage in Pyeongchang 2018. What officiating job would I like to do? If you don't know, I officiate roller derby. So I, I really love officiating and I always try to think about is there another sport I could add to my officiating job? So today, I would like to blow the horn on weightlifting. And what they <laughs> do is they signal the start of the lift, and, and weightlifters have 30 seconds to get their lift off. And then when the lift is good, or you know, when they're in position and they hold it for the couple seconds, they blow the horn again to signal that the, the weightlifter can drop the weights. 
And not just because that sounds like a cool job, literally and figuratively, but also they keep going to look at the jury on the sidelines and the jury's wearing their fancy blazers. And all I can think of is their Swedish pockets. <laughs> when we looked at the patterns for their special blazers and they talked about Swedish pockets, which we still have never been able to have any seamstress identify for us what no, that I, means. Yeah. yeah, I had talked with a master tailor, had never heard of them. So I think we might have to go to the source. We've got time before Paris. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So big day on the docket. Did you do any catching up from yesterday? I did. So I went back and I watched the men's gymnastics team competition. Mm -hmm. So I went back and watched the men's team gymnastics competition. The Russians were amazing and the Japanese were amazing. And the Americans did better than the score indicated to me. Yes, I because I, I went back and watched it too. And I saw some really good routines out of the Americans. So that was very good. But I mean, the, the Russians were a step above the Japanese also re really solid routines. So congratulations to both of them. And then I went back and watched the men's 10 meter platform synchro diving, which I also saw some of got my Cynthia Potter in commentating for NBC. That was some gorgeous, gorgeous diving. It's just each one was getting better and better and better. Right. And that one, one of the last dies from team GB who did end up winning the gold was just so perfectly in line from the side angle. You couldn't see the diver on the far side. That's how in line they were. It was a, so beautiful. Right. So uh, Tom Daly and Maddie Lee, as we mentioned, and it was very interesting to watch their dynamic because clearly um, Tom Daly is the more experienced and kind of the big brother of the team which was fun to watch because he came when, when he came on the scene, he was what 14 or 15 years old. So for him to win this gold medal and GB is just killing it in the pool left and right. Exactly. All kinds of pool. The Brits are having a, a games, man. Anything else you caught up on? Not sleep. Um, I did go back and watch the weightlift, women's weightlifting, the 55 kilograms. Oh, you need to go back and watch this because Heidelin Diaz from the Philippines was so much fun to watch. After every lift, she was so thrilled and so happy and it, she just kept getting better and better. And she ended up getting a new Olympic record by seven kilograms, which is a, a not an insignificant amount of weight. So that was beautiful to see. I watched the the victory ceremony, two things I noticed that in, in weightlifting on some of the side screens, because they'd have the, the scores and the, the rankings in a screen above the competitors. And then they'd have screens kind of on the sides of the stage. And every once in a while they'd show the cauldron. Yeah. Just like they had cauldron cam on. <laughs> so just to, just to remind you where you are. That was kind of cool. Uh, did watch the medal ceremony that went with that. The IOC member, who handed out the medals was from the Philippines. Perfect. So that was beautiful. Heidelin was crying before the ceremony even started. She was clapping for the other two winners. It was it was really beautiful. And then at the end, when they were doing all the final pictures and they had their masks on, I noticed somebody, and then they took their masks off. And I noticed down in the front, 
there's somebody holding up a sign and it's it's reversible and i could see the reverse side which said masks on and so they must have somebody down in the front that just flips it over and says masks off and you take enough pictures and then they flip it back and says masks on maybe that should be my job <laughs> there, there you go good That's volunteers safe, that they have. That, yeah i like that job Good volunteer. Mask on, mask off. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Three uh, Today's action, 3x3 basketball. I did watch Latvia and Japan on the, it was a men's side. We are in the quarterfinals. So this was a quarterfinal game and it was close. And Latvia was ahead and Japan just kept coming back and coming back. And you thought maybe they would pull it out. But near the end, uh, this was a game decided on points because Latvia did make it to 21, and they did it on a free throw. Ouch. Uh, the rest of the quarterfinals happened. on the And so going into the semifinals, for the women, it's going to be USA versus France and ROC versus China. And on the men's side will be Serbia versus ROC and Belgium versus Latvia. I'm taking I'll Serbia. All four of those games are going to be insane. I am taking Serbia. Artistic gymnastics. Whoa. What happened? Okay. So as of right before we taped, the New York Times has published an article saying that Simone Biles withdrew because she was not in a state of mind to compete and she feared serious injury given where she was mentally. Which is completely legitimate because her tricks are so difficult that one little misstep or even lack of focus, she could break her neck. So she did vault and she pulled out of the vault. She was supposed to complete an aminar and did not. Mm -hmm. She took out part of the twist. She sort of balked at midair. And I thought she was hurt when I saw it. Right. Because of the way she landed. She didn't quite land solidly. She landed gingerly. Right. And very low and took a big step. So that I thought was, ooh, did she get hurt? But I can totally see where she's not in it mentally. So in a tweet that she sent out, and I'm going to paraphrase it, it was, I'm under a lot of pressure. We had a bad day. And it was not sounding like Simone's typical, I'm going to come back and we're going to be stronger and go USA. Mm -hmm. So clearly something is going on. And until Simone shares what's going on, the very cursory uh, statement that she's issued saying she was not in a good place mentally and she feared for her safety is what we have to, what we have to go on. Clearly rattled the rest of the U.S. team. Mm -hmm. Never mind that they lost all those difficulty points. And they ended up very unexpectedly losing. Well, okay. So I say losing because it's the first time they've lost in an international competition since 2010. Right. But they won the silver. They won the silver. They earned the silver, too. Because yes, they did. You know, because ROC won gold and then Great Britain won bronze. Uh, but the U.S. did make some mistakes. I will, uh, I'll say. As did ROC. I, right. ROC had some people falling off beam. And uh, we had some people leaving the floor on floor. They landed out of bounds. Jordan Childs fell down on floor. 
Um, but so our gymnastics was not totally up to par. It almost felt like when Simone pulled out, the entire competition got rattled, like not just the Americans. Like it was not great gymnastics all no, the way around. No, and I wonder if having so much difficulty and putting the pressure on to have so much difficulty and for Simone, oh, what are you going to come up with next? Because you are the greatest of all time and amazing. And that just adds a layer of pressure to force yourself to do something that's more dangerous, more and more risky. And yeah, if if you're having a bad day mentally, that makes it all the more tough. I, I will say I had women's gymnastics on on my television, I had the four feed, four apparatus feed, and on my laptop, I had the feed with commentary. And thank goodness, honest to Pete, I do not, I'm not watching primetime tonight. I did watch primetime last night for the start of day, uh, start of this day, uh, because I just like, oh, Mike Tarico, and you see scenes of Tokyo, and it kind of sets the stage and and all of that stuff, and and was an easy way to catch up on some events. But I do not want to hear what the three commentators have to say because it has been nonstop cameras on Simone. And even I, I guess I saw a tweet during the competition where there were still all these photographers trained on Simone. And that is just an unbelievable amount of pressure. And all you hear about all the time is she's the goat. She's the goat. Let's go check in Simone. What's Simone doing? Oh, she's looking on her phone. What's Simone doing now? Oh, she's braiding her teammates hair. What's Simone doing? And there's other competition going on. And to put that level of pressure on an athlete, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of irresponsible in a way because the, the media does do that. And I get how the media wants a story or they have to report on this, but there's also ways to report on it. And there's got to be a way to do your job and not make it so hard on an athlete. But then um, at the same time, if you take that route, you end up getting a message. You get a very craftily, you know, uh, you could end up with just messaging and dealing with that instead of trying to build a relationship to get a story. But, you know, you've probably got thousands of journalists who are trying to build relationships with Simone and get that story. I'm torn because on the one hand, Simone has done it to herself mm -hmm. by pushing the sport in this direction in the same way that Michael Phelps did it to himself by choosing to compete in eight events. Mm-hmm. So the athletes themselves need to take responsibility for putting themselves in positions that they can't handle. Hmm. Okay. I will take that point. I think that's a fair point. You know, she keeps doing, you know, her gymnastics has always been about more dangerous, riskier, more exciting tricks, not about a beautiful pirouette on the beam. Mm -hmm. And I think we are seeing the backwash from that in this competition. Because if you watched some of the Chinese gymnastics, they did not have the difficulty and they did not medal, but boy, were they gorgeous to watch. And I hope this is a wake-up call, just like I would like a wake-up call in figure skating with all the quads and the falling down. Fans love the risk, but we also want to see people do it well. And we certainly don't want to see somebody having a mental breakdown. No. In the middle of a competition. I mean, no. how horrific is this for her? 
Oh, it's yeah, it it is, and it's it's got to be so tough, and you can see it on her face where she just feels so much pressure and so much expectations, and I I think that yes, having a superstar is good, but I you know we'll see this again in swimming where the focus is on these superstars and from one point of view, they're not delivering on another point of view is how much of trying to turn them into a, I can't even put my thoughts into words here because, because there's focus on these athletes that is so intense to the detriment of both them and the detriment of their teammates in a way because somebody gets singled out for attention and the rest of the team has to deal with that. And ultimately for the detriment of their sport, Mm -hmm. because there's so many other things like what we try and focus on all these other things that are happening in the sport. And yet literally Simone Biles face is the face of the NBC coverage. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So, well, that's it. I I do want to point out (laughs) If you do want a routine to watch, it's... Uh, Can we talk about the ridiculous music for just two seconds? Well, I was going to get there. I, I was going to get to uh, Vladislava Urozova's floor exercise music, which was the orchestral version of Rolling Stone's Paint It Black. There was also an, an orchestral version of Ed Sheeran's Shape of oh, You. Right, that's right. Wasn't that one of the Chinese gymnasts? I think so. And then there was a a funky Beethoven's <laughs> Fifth. Oh, yes. Hooked on classics. And there was, for your enjoyment, a few Eastern European folk songs. Well, you know, that just comes with the territory. I do want to know what Victoria uh, Alistanova from ROC, what her choreography was, because she did something that looked like the funky chicken in in the middle of her routine. And I think she was doing like a 1920s because I was watching the replay. The nice thing about having... The four apparatuses on one feed and the NBC stream on my computer was that the four apparatuses were like 30 to 45 seconds behind. So if I caught something out of the corner of my eye and went, what is that? I could go and look at the other feed. And that's when I realized she was doing kind of a 1920s jitterbug choreography, but it just looked so out of place. So artistic gymnastics, really weird day for them but it'll be interesting to see how the whole team comes back from this and i would be curious to know what's happening on the coaching side and how the coaches are working with the gymnasts to get them them back in the game i mean but like sunisa lee had a beautiful bars routine an unbelievable bars routine and and jordan childs didn't know she was going to be competing on on bars and beam today and pulled it out and pulled it out. All right, let's move on to the next weird event for us was softball. I am heartbroken and not heartbroken. That's the best way to put that. I think. You know, the bronze medal game with Canada and Mexico, great game. Canada pulled it out. Interesting little tidbit. Every player on both teams has competed in NCAA. Oh, that is interesting. So NCAA, man, get on that. Because obviously all the U.S. players have as well. And then mm-hmm. the gold medal game comes around. And Japan just outplayed the U.S. Right. It and was then- short ball offense, singles, bunts, sacrifices, 
you know, a walk here, a walk there. And defense, so much amazing infield defense. Did you see that double play that the U.S. Oh. had a couple – women on base they were they were getting a rally because they were behind two nothing at this point and there was a a hit was in the air it was a line drive bounced off of the third baseman's glove i believe the shortstop was backing her up caught it and then threw to second for the double play which was just amazing and got got Jap- got japan out of a very tight spot and i think that was almost the big momentum shift. I mean, after that, uh, the U.S., uh, one of the outfielders had an amazing catch that robbed Japan of a home run, which that boosted them up a little bit. But you could really see on the seventh inning, the bottom of the seventh, they just did not, they knew, they knew it was over. Yeah, if if you are a fan of short ball, you know, that, that real kind of grinded out, good pitching, really solid um, infielding. This was a match made in heaven. Yeah, it was It was a, a heartbreaking loss for Team USA because they were the only team that was undefeated until the gold medal game. But Japan does love softball, and their team is phenomenal. So you can't be so upset with this loss because they really deserved it. And what I thought was interesting, and I, I hadn't heard this before in the other matches, Monica Abbott, one of the USA pitchers, has played professional softball in Japan for 11 years. And two of her teammates are on the Japanese team. Oh, wow. So there's that, because now you're opponents, but tomorrow you're going to be teammates again. Right. And there was a, a really beautiful interaction between the Japanese coach and the American coach. And the somebody was uh, interpreting for them. Oh, nice. And they were both just kind of hugging and crying. And it was really very, very sweet. And the love of the sport is what I loved about the entire softball tournament. Mm-hmm. These women just love softball. And so many of the other teams came to the gold medal match. Oh, that's nice. Canada was there. Mexico was there bunch of the other coaches so the stands felt like something happening nice nice well I hope the baseball tournament is as exciting as softball because softball really set the stage for validating why they are in the Olympics again now coaches do not get medals correct so I guess we can't count Lori Berg as the first Shuklistan medal that is correct I'm counting it. (laughs) In your heart, you can count it. In my heart. Team USA were my girls. We had some preliminary action in basketball and beach volleyball. Boxing, more preliminary rounds for the men's welterweight and the women's lightweight. Apparently, something was in the news about in the heavyweight division, I believe. Morocco's Eunice Balia, who was trailing by points against New Zealand's David Naika, bit his ear oh come on and was disqualified have you seen what david naika looks like no but i bet he's big and intimidating i've i am on uh new zealand teams uh instagram and he Mm -hmm. he's been doing a lot he is definitely one of these gentle giant looking guys 
But if I saw him in the ring, I would run the other way. How could you bite that guy's ear? Because he's got the, he, you know, he's one of those guys who obviously he's huge, but also when he puts on that game face, he's terrifying. But then he smiles and you're like, oh, that's fine. He wouldn't hurt a puppy. <laughs> but man, biting his ear, what is that? Why is that a go-to move? It's not the first time we've seen it. Nope. And it's it's desperate. So at least there was a disqualification for that. Um, Canoe Slalom. Luca Jones, our Shuklastani, did make the finals. She finished fifth in the semifinals. But in the final round, she ended up in sixth. And gold went to Ricarda Funk from Germany. Silver went to the... Rio gold medalist uh, Mylon Sherat from Spain and bronze went to Australia's Jessica Fox. I did right before we taped, I, I had been uh, fast forwarding through so much so much of the competition to see how Luca did. I gotta say that, that course looked so tough. There were, there right at the top there were three gates where you they were kind of parallel to each other on the same line and you had to go upstream through one go across to the other side of the river go upstream again then come back to the first side and go downstream and that was really really challenging i think for a lot of the paddlers i don't think luca was very happy with her finish she was not happy and that broke my heart yeah you know th i think 3 out of the 8 finalists had um, penalties at the top of the course mm -hmm. because of how hard it was. So I hope she is not beating herself up because that was an amazingly difficult course. And she, I wish it wasn't a podcast so we can talk about that. The look on her face when she yeah. was going, oh man, she is a fierce competitor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well done. I'm very proud of her. Shuklistan is proud. New Zealand is proud. I there mean, I hope she feels the love. There you go. Uh, cycling, women took to the mountain bike course. Uh, Switzerland swept this whole thing. All the medals went to Switzerland. Uh, Yolanda Neff won gold. Sina Fry won silver. And Linda Ingerland won bronze. Uh, they do have mountains. <laughs> and diving, uh, women took to the 10-meter platform for their synchronized competition. Gold went to China of Yuji Chen and Jiankui Zhang. Silver went to the Americans, Jessica Parado and Delaney Schnell. And Mexico took bronze with uh, Gabriela Agundez uh, Garcia and Alejandro Orozco Losa. I watched this. You did watch this. Okay. How, what do you think? Diving, their di diving was not good. There was a lot really? of missed dives. Yeah. Really? It was very dull. I shouldn't say it wasn't like huge misses. It wasn't like, oh my God, she got zeros and ones and twos. But it was a lot of, that was Seven? good. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, that was nice. Hmm. There was, and I don't know if it's because there was no spectators, but it there was no energy to this. But man, were the Mexicans happy at the end. Oh, I'm sure. That's the, that's always nice. And um, they didn't want to, I just want to mention one more thing about the Mexicans real quick. So there was one, and I don't have in my notes who the other, uh, who ended up being fifth. They were waiting for them to dive and they missed the dive. And the Mexicans didn't want to celebrate that somebody else missed a dive. Oh. But they had clearly just secured the bronze. So they're all sort of like cheering small. <laughs> 
it was very it was very kind you you could see the balance of trying to respect your competitors but oh my goodness we just won an olympic medal equestrian i did tune into a little bit of the dressage did you I, see I can, bella rose the, the i saw the very tail end so i saw the U.S. rider uh, Charlotte Desjardins from Great Britain, and then uh, Germany's dressage rider as well. So I don't know who Bella Rose well, is. Well, if you saw the anchor of Germany, you saw Isabel yes. Wirth, who's on yes. Bella Rose. So yes, you saw oh, okay. my... Okay. But by the way, did, did you say you saw the tail end of Equestrian? Um, <laughs> I know why you like that commentary, because that's Dame Judi Dench, you know? <laughs> She sounds so much like her, but I I agree. She is fantastic about explaining stuff in a uh, in a way that's appropriate for uh, people who are intelligent about the sport and people just coming into the sport. It's very very good commentating. So props to her. Um, it, it was very pretty to see. I do have a question. I don't know if somebody on Twitter answered it because I put it on Twitter. But if you know, let me know. I don't know enough about equestrian to know this answer. When a horse sweats, do they foam at the mouth? Because Charlotte Dujardin's horse was foaming at the mouth by the end of the the test. I think I think that is. And I wondered, because when you see a horse foaming at the mouth and mouth and froth, like falling on their legs, it's like, it's a little unsettling. And then I thought, well, maybe they're just sweating. Because when I think of foaming at the mouth, it usually is a dog who has rabies. And I know that may not be the case here. So, no. (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't think horses can get rabies. That's fine. I don't don't care if they can get rabies. (laughs) I don't know that either. I don't know a lot about horses. Well, we know that Bella Rose came back from a deadly foot injury. There you go. And she has a gold medal. I don't care about Isabella Firth. I'm I'm all excited that the horse got the medal. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, fencing. It was the women's team epic competition. Gold went to Estonia. Silver went to Korea. And bronze went to Italy. I did watch handball. I tuned into a good chunk of Brazil versus Hungary. Which would be a good one to tune into. A was on B, Brazil, who was really dominant at the Pan Am Games in 2019. Uh, B, Hungary, 33 to 27, and they were dominant. I mean, they had an empty goal at one point, and Hungary could not capitalize on that. It was just beautiful to watch. Sharp passing, really intricate, gore-scored fast play it was it was a lot of fun so that is always something to tune into i know it's preliminary still but keep handball on your radar because it's a lot of fun to watch in judo uh, we had the women's 63 kilogram and men's 81 kilogram competitions yesterday uh for the women's side francis clarissa abegnu won gold slovakia's uh, Tina Turstenyak won silver and bronzes went to Canada's Catherine Boschemin Pinard and Italy's Maria Centracchio. Uh, on the men's side, gold, Japan won oh, again. Oh, yes. So uh, Takanori Nagase won gold. Mongolia's Saeed Molali won silver. Now, so he's not Mongolian. He defected to Mongolia from Iran. But then he dedicated his medal to Israel because they have been very supportive of of him and his efforts. That's an interesting point. 
put a pin in that for one second. The bronzes went to uh, Belgium's Matthias Kass and Austria's uh, Shamil Borchashvili. So the Israeli thing is interesting because remember how uh, the Algerian Feti Nurin withdrew from the tournament just in case he had to face an Israeli opponent? He's been suspended by the International Judo Federation, which is a bigger deal than just the Olympics. And then Sudan's Mohammed Abdurazul did not show up to face this Israeli fighter in their round of 32 bout on Monday. He weighed in for the bout, then did not show up for the bout. We don't really quite know why, but there could be another protest. So that makes Malali's silver dedication even more poignant. I have no doubt that these athletes from Algeria and Sudan are not totally making their own choices here. I, maybe not. One of the other interesting things that I saw pointed out was that uh, the Sudanese judoka is ranked 469th in the world. And why is he even at the Olympics in the first place? That gets into the whole, you know, the IOC really wants global participation. They want it to be a global event, but they also want it to be the pinnacle of sport. And if you have somebody who is ranked 469th in the world, that is not the pinnacle of sport. That is nowhere near the pinnacle of sport. So I wonder if this could also be a wake-up call to the federations to figure out a better way to get the best people at the tournament. Right, because we talk about regional quotas and Mm -hmm. you have to have it from these areas and these areas, and it makes sense up to a point. Right. Rowing got postponed because of the weather, because they need clear or they need smooth water to be able to row. And it was really choppy yesterday. Rugby sevens playing in the rain. We are down to the men's quarterfinals. I know. (laughs) In the rain made it so much better. (laughs) (laughs) So in the quarterfinals, New Zealand beat Canada 21-10. Great Britain beat the U.S. 26 to 21. Argentina beat South Africa 1914, and Fiji beat Australia 19 to zero. So that puts our Fijians in excellent position, I would say. I never expected to be cheering for the Fijian rugby team, <laughs> and then Ben Ryan came into my life, and what and can I do? You can't I have not, to. You can't not cheer for them, and they are playing really well. I think there have been times where you just go, what's going on here, man? But uh, they pull out, they've been able to pull things out. So that is really good. Uh, over at the sailing venue, uh, there were several types of races, but important to us is the 40, 49er FX for the women. Uh, Stephanie Robel and Maggie Shea are racing. They had three races yesterday. They finished uh, third place in race one second place in race two, and 14th place in race three. So after three races, they're in second place overall, and they have several more races to go. And the commentator said that they're allowed to drop their worst score. So that 14th place may drop. Hopefully they'll keep up there. Uh, I have to say, the racing, the sailing commentator, also very good at his job. He was really good at explaining little details to look for. I I really learned, I knew what I was looking at. 
and he t would t say why they put out the spinnaker, why they put it back in. They would say somebody has priority. Um, they had really strong winds that day, and he was really good at explaining how fast boats were going too. That I really appreciated. Uh, he did say at one point, oh, somebody told me once that watching sailing is like watching grass grow. I beg to differ. <laughs> It was it was fun to watch. Uh, I will go back and watch. I think the coverage now that we have drone technology, the coverage of sailing is much better because I I believe I bet it used to be all helicopter and they couldn't get super close in. But now they have onboard cameras with some teams. They have um, uh, drones that get in pretty close, and they have good technology to let you know where people are at in the race and you can see they'll, go, they'll switch to another screen that's uh, a digital interpretation of what's happening in the water so that you can better see where different boats are in the race so i would say give it a try shooting the uh there was the a uh, lot of mixed team competition yesterday in the air pistol and air rifle so air pistol gold went to china silver went to roc and bronze went to ukraine in the 10 meter air rifle mixed team, gold went to China again, silver went to the USA, and bronze went to ROC. Surfing. So Monday night, the committee, the organizing committee made the decision to cram quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals all on the same day because the storm was coming in and it made really good waves for the surfing competition. They were like, we've got good waves, let's use them. So everyone's like, all right, we're in. Um, I will say, Ben did ask me, why are you watching so much surfing? You, you, you don't know what's going on. I'm like, I keep trying. I really keep trying. I but, tried. And I had no idea what was going on. See, they they are doing a horrible job of explaining what's going on. You really have to know what's more about the sport. And I also think, you know, they've improved. What you were talking about with sailing was the drones and, and some of the technology is improving being able to watch it. I thought this was a terrible sport for television, the way it was being shot. Yeah, it's not. I, when Before the games, when I was trying to watch surfing, and this is months ago, I tried to watch some surfing competitions on TV and was not understanding it then either. And I kind of got what they were talking about priority in terms of choosing waves. And I got that heat is 30 minutes long and you try to do as many trick or get on as many waves as you could. But part of the strategy was wave choice and not just wave choice for you, but if you had priority, making sure others didn't have access to waves which I thought was a really interesting strategy. But then once you add the tricks in, I, I don't know. I don't know what's di more difficult than another trick. I don't know how they're scoring tricks. I, I just don't understand. And it's not that I don't recognize the athleticism or the difficulty of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I can tell that this is hard. I mean, I know if I tried to get on a surfboard, I would drown. Clearly what they're doing is very difficult, but they're not presenting it in a way that makes us want to fight to keep this in the games. No. And, and I get that there are plenty of people who want to keep this in the games and think it's, it, it still looks pretty cool, but I still don't understand it. So next time, please do a better job with how you present the sport. You've got three years to work on this. Make it more understandable. There are a lot of people out there who do not have surfing knowledge. And it's your job to educate us.
Uh, but on that set, on that note, gold on the women's side, gold went to Carissa Moore from the U.S., who is also a native of Hawaii, where surfing was born. So that's really nice to be able to take the gold back home, to the home of surfing. Uh, South Africa's Bianca Butendag won silver, and Japan's Amuro Suzuki won bronze. On the men's side, gold went to Brazil's Italio Ferreira, Japan's uh, Kanoa Igarashi won the silver, and Owen Wright from Australia won the bronze. So that that's surfing's debut at the Olympics. I don't know. I don't know. We're confused. Let's go over to a different pool, the swimming pool. Which we do understand. Right? And wow. Once again, what a night in the pool. And I say this every Olympics. I am always amazed how every night in the pool is just one thing after another of excitement, even without the huge crowds. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, let's just go down the list of finals, starting with the men's 200-meter freestyle. Uh, gold and silver, Team GB. Gold went to Tom Dean. Silver went to Duncan Scott. Tom Dean had COVID twice over, through, throughout the pandemic, pulled out a beautiful win, and then bronze went to Fernando Schaefer from Brazil. But wow, this was a race. Could not be happier for for them. Then then we move on to the women's 100-meter backstroke. Gold went to Australia's Kaylee McCowan. Uh, Silver went to Canada's Kylie Massey. Bronze went to USA's Reagan Smith. Olympic record. Go Australia. Or should we say Advanced Australia Fair? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Then we had the men's 100-meter backstroke, and gold went to... Uh, gold, gold, another two countries or one country getting the top two medals. Gold and silver both went to the ROC. Uh, Yevgeny Rilov won the gold and uh, Clement Kolznikov won the silver and bronze went to USA's Ryan Murphy. You know, I never peg ROC as being strong swimmers. Then the last uh, final of the evening was the 100 meter breaststroke. Best and- race of the night. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. (laughs) Oh, that's my Lily King slapping. And I think part of the problem here, here again, is an NBC commentary crew. And I know you love them, but I have two, two beefs. One was talking and talking up how she intimidates people because lily king is kind of and and the package they did on her lily king to me is interesting because she's very confident and very sure of herself and sometimes in a way that crosses that line to that typical swimmer arrogance that i don't like and i i know what it is so don't we all know what it is um don't like to then her being a very gracious teammate yes Yes, and we'll get to that. But but just the let's watch Lily sit in the warm-up room. Let's watch Lily sit on the sidelines and slap herself and slap herself. And I know I do an officiating job every day, but I will say the volunteer job I want is the person who tells the swimmers when they can and cannot go on deck. You know, when they're lined up for the finals and they have that person they on the sideline. a big clipboard and like a red card. Yeah. 
That is like, so no, my job. You cannot pass. Anyway, uh, w- so Lily King is highly favored, I highly favored, but they're talking about her being a back to back breaststroke winner. She won gold in Rio. This is another one of those unheard of feats. However, she does not pull it out. Who pulls it out? A 17 year old from Alaska, Lydia Jacoby. She is the first Alaskan to compete in swimming at the Olympics. They showed uh, a watch party at her high school and everyone was going crazy. It was so fun to watch how much they were behind her. And they were throwing chairs. I mean, nobody can celebrate like a 17 year old boy (laughs) who doesn't know why he's celebrating, but he's going to go for it. And they were just jumping up and down and throwing things. And it was, it was fantastic. That was a lot of fun to watch. And her reaction to her victory. She didn't know what to do with herself. Off her goggles. She's like, and you could just see it wash over her, the disbelief and the realization of what she had achieved was just really, that's one of those Olympic moments that you really love. Silver went to South Africa's Tatiana Schoenmaker and Lily King won the bronze. And in the interview, they ask Lydia how she won and she says, I don't know. But then Lily King sort of comes into the interview and is, like you were saying, incredibly gracious, incredibly um, kind, and not a sore loser at all. And yet in the package before, she's so unlikable. And so like, yeah, I intimidate other people and I like to scare them and I stare them down. And yeah, so she's, she's an enigma. Enigma is the best way to put it. Okay, we do have to talk about Ariane Titmutz's coach, Dean Boxall. Do we? We do, because we need everyone to understand that what is happening here in in American television, because he went, uh, NBC did a whole package on him in primetime the other night when when we had the 400 meter final. And... When I heard him talk, they had a lot of footage of him coaching Ariane. And when you heard him talk, he was quite mean in in how he talked to her. Just like, you got to do more. You have to, you're not doing enough. What do you want? And and just in a way that was just kind of a little cringy to me. And then the cameras panned up to him losing his mind when she won. And then now that's a viral moment of him losing his mind. And last night, many mentions on NBC of Coach Boxall. In a way way that, that reminded me of how the gymnastics commentary team lauded Bella Caroli. And so true. Huge red flag to me. Just like, oh, here we go again. Let's laud and honor this coach that what we've seen of him is it's kind of about, it looks to me, and now I don't know him at all beyond what we have seen, but it's almost like it's about him. And I'm not sure he treats his swimmers well. I don't know. But what we saw and how the, just the way and the tone of voice that the, the Dan Hicks had 
just reminded me so much of how they talked about Bella. The way that Dean Boxall reacted to her race was not normal. I will say that straight out. You know, we've seen lots of people celebrate. We've seen people go crazy and lose their minds. That was not normal. And I completely agree. I got the same reaction in my head. Like this is the way they used to talk about Bella Caroli. And what's interesting is that my daughter pointed this out to me that there is a lot of talk on social media among young women that they are concerned for our Antipas and her relationship with the coach, that it seems abusive. So it's not us being old women looking at this, getting nervous. Women who are Ariane's age are looking at this going, this is his Svengali situation. This man, we're going to hear the stories a year from now about how he was abusive. So I completely agree that NBC is going for the story and not looking underneath. Um, I, I'm concerned. She has issued a statement. Oh, she has. She has answered some of these people on social media saying, no, he's my coach. He's here for me. And how many times did we hear that from the gymnasts? Mm-hmm. So. Something to watch out. And if yeah. you, you have any news on him, let us know. Yeah, I would be curious to hear from our Australians. Mm-hmm. If, if he's a name in Australia at all. Table tennis. I did get to, I wanted to go back and watch the gold medal match and the bronze medal match and the mixed doubles. Uh, Did not get to because I couldn't find it on the streams, but I did find a clip. And oh my goodness, Japan surprises China to win. And they did it down. They were so far behind in this match. Uh, They were down 2 nothing. They came back to tie the score up 2 to 2. They went down two to three, and it's best of seven. They tied it up three to three, one, four to three. And it was just incredible how they pulled it out. I, again, so sorry that fans were not in the stands to see that. Can you imagine? Just the mental toughness, not just because table tennis is a huge, tough mental sport because you just have to be on point and be so agile and uh, react so quickly to what's happening on the table. But the mental strength for two people to be in concert to come back from such a far deficit against a very, very, very strong team to win. I know Millie Tapper told us that there's never an issue with them banging into each other. Mm -hmm. But how? I'm watching it and going, how are they not tripping over each other? Because it is a very small space that they're sharing. Mm Mm-hmm. The coordination and the feel for one another is just fantastic. So if you can watch that that uh, match, go back and watch it. Uh, Taekwondo. So this is another one where I love the feed. Because, and this happens mostly on the women's side. There is a lot of squawking for every point. I thought that in fencing, there was a lot of yelling. Oh, no. Then I turned on some of these fighting sports. <laughs> Holy cow, people. <laughs> and the OBS, the OBS commentator is hilarious. <laughs> he, he just, he comments it on it all the time. I and mean, you can tell he is done and over the squawking. 
but he's really good. He's really good at other parts of it too. Uh, very concise at when things hit to score points. Uh, so that is, I'm I'm learning a lot watching this, but the the squawking on the women's side is is getting to me. Uh, so this was the women's 67 plus kilogram vic- and the men's over 80 kilograms. Gold went to on the women's side. Gold went to Serbia's uh, Malika Mandic. Silver went to Korea's Lee Da Bin, and bronzes went to uh, Great Britain's Bianca Walkden and France's Althea Loren. On the men's side, gold went to ROC's Vladislav Lauren. Silver went to North Macedonia's Dejan, uh, Dejan uh, Georgievitsky, and bronzes went to Cuba's. Rafael Unier, Alba Castillo, and Korea's In Kyodan. Uh, In Kyodan, who won the bronze, he uh, the one of the matches I watched was earlier on where he almost lost to Afghanistan's Manuri and won right at the end, thirteen to twelve. But it was really looking like Afghanistan was going to take this match. It was really incredible. Tennis. Naomi Osaka lost in straight sets to Marketa Vandrusova of the Czech Republic. So she is out of the tournament in the third round. Uh, play continues on. Triathlon. Women's triathlon happened, and it was a soggy, soggy course out there. I, did, I had it on today on my small screen, so I did watch a little bit of it. I know Book Club Claire said on Twitter that there was a rainbow during the competition. Yes, I saw that. When did it happen? Um, it in the um, running portion. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Because it, it sort of came out of the road. I, it was. Oh. You could see it on the TV, so that was pretty uh, amazing. That's very cool. So Bermuda's Flora Duffy won gold, which is Bermuda's first gold medal. Great Britain's Georgia Taylor Brown won silver, and Katie Zephries from the U.S. won bronze. That was a good. That was a good. A good race. Flora Duffy really had a commanding lead during the run. Preliminary round play continued in volleyball and water polo. And then in weightlifting, it was the women's 59 kilogram and the women's 64 kilogram competitions. In the 59 kilogram, Chinese Taipei's Kuo Xing Xun won gold. Silver went to Turkmenistan's Polina Guryeva. And uh, Ando Mikiko from Japan won the bronze. In the 64-kilogram competition, Canada's Ma Charon won gold. Uh, Italy's uh, Georgia Bordignon won silver. And Chinese Taipei's Chen Wenhui won the bronze. You've been doing very well with all these names, by the way. Yeah, I'm working on it, but I got a lot of improving to do. So uh, we'd like to take a quick shout out to our Patreon patrons who support the uh, show financially on an ongoing basis. Their financial support helps keep us afloat. If you are interested in an ongoing donation to the show, please check us out at patreon.com slash flame alive pod. So Allison, what is on tap with our Shuk Flastanis tomorrow? Yeah, Shuk Flastan is quiet right now. Uh, The only ones who are on tap are Stephanie Robel and Maggie Shea with some more preliminary races. Which I will probably tune into because now I like watching Satan. You knew it was going to happen. 
<laughs> so on that note, it's time for us to say sayonara. You can always get in touch with us. Email flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. Or check out our Facebook group, Keep Flame Alive Podcast, which is hopping. I can't keep up with it. I know, which is fantastic. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening. And until tomorrow, keep the flame alive.